Today on the Women Mind the Water Art of a Series on WomenMindTheWater.com, I'm speaking with California-based artist Julia C.R. Gray. Julia says she has wanted to find a way to be more connected with nature. She found that connection through her she sculptures. Julia uses slip casting and hand building methods to mold female forms that represent the strength and vulnerability of women, a dichotomy that Julia believes women's bodies share with the ocean. The Women Mind the Water Art of a Series podcast on womenmindthewater.com engages artists in conversation about their work and explores their connection with the ocean. Through their stories, Women Mind the Water hopes to inspire and encourage action to protect the ocean and her creatures. Today, I'm speaking with Julia C.R. Gray, a California artist who lives in Cardiff by the Sea. Julia's love of nature, her walks on the beach at sunrise, and contemplation of the perfect spiral of a seashell are evident of her, in her sculptures. Welcome, Julia. Thank you for contacting me and offering to share your deeply personal message about women and the ocean. I'm looking forward to discussing your artistic practice and some of your work. Let's begin by learning a bit more about you. You live in Cardiff-by-the-Sea, California, which I discovered is in San Diego County. Have you always lived near the ocean and has proximity to the ocean shaped your view? First of all, thank you, Pam, for having me on Women Mind the Water. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I was born in Los Angeles, and I grew up in Orange County. So I spent a lot of time at the beach as as a kid, you know, living in Orange County. And my husband and I moved to um, San Diego to raise our kids. Okay, so has your proximity to the ocean shaped your view of the world in any way? The ocean is so important. It's it what it's kind of, it's kind of the breath of the earth and that connection to the ocean for me is spiritual so tell me about your interactions with the ocean are you mostly someone who looks at it from the shore or do you physically immerse yourself in it for example do you swim or scuba dive um this year i plan to learn to scuba dive i haven't done it ever. Um, well, actually, when I was a teenager, I did a little bit, but so I want to get back into scuba diving. Um, but right now, I boogie board in the ocean mm-hmm. and swim. Um, and I walk the beach uh, at sunrise regularly, um, almost every day. So during your observations of the Pacific Ocean, what sort of any changes have you noticed over the years in the ocean and the coastline? Uh, the high tide is one. Um, it's just seems there's more flooding, uh, more tide coming in. But the other thing locally, we've had, they're wanting to save the cliffs by replenishing the sand. And um, what's happened when they've done that is um, it's killed off a lot of the crabs and sea life. So there's this balance that society is trying to do in, you know, staving off global warming and the rising in the seas. And yet, you know, some of the things that they've done have caused problems. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've, I've seen that we used to see lots and lots of crabs all around and uh, they've really diminished. That's too bad. 
So yeah. how have these changes affected you personally? <laughs> it kind of breaks my heart. <laughs> um, personally, you know, it just makes me w- want to m- have people be more aware, you know, that this is important, that we don't want to lose these creatures. And as we lose this life, it, it affects our quality of life. And, um, and we're on the chain, too. We're also part of that. So, yeah, it's, it, it really does touch me. So I see some of your sculptures behind you. And I want to ask you, how come you chose a woman's torso to use as your canvas? So first of all, I'm a woman and I go through life as a woman. And so it's authentic to me to work with a woman's torso. Um, I'm not comfortable working with a men's torso. I've, I've tried a little bit, but it's, it just doesn't feel authentic. And the first time I sculpted a woman's torso was when I was at San Francisco Art Institute, uh, completing my bachelor's in 2014. And um, I sculpted it and I divided it to put images on the inside. So people had to look into it and it just, it like, it created a canvas, like the perfect canvas that I can keep um, using and talk about all the things that are important to me from women's rights to climate change to the ocean itself um, and so my work is consistent, but yet I can say so much more. How interesting that you started by putting the conversation inside the body, but the pictures that I have seen are outside. So why did you bring the message out? Um, I actually do both. So um, I I think I sent you a, a video of one that I'm working on, and it's actually behind me. Um, so there's there's you can see the front pieces there's three pieces in the front and three pieces in the back and on the inside of each of those columns are painted images and this one's specifically about the ocean and some of the things that I love about the ocean and some of the things that upset me like the plastic I didn't mention plastic seeing plastic on the beach a lot so maybe it would be helpful for the audience who is listening to the audio only version of the women mind the water art of the series podcast if you would describe one of your works, and I thought we'd talk about she, sea wisdom, a ceramic female torso attached to a base of coral-inspired shapes. And I think I'll start by asking, why did you choose to use the capital letters S-H-E? Is the word she that precedes the title of this work an acronym? Uh, No, no, it was more of an emphasis. And uh, I just wanted to talk about how important women and people who identify as female are to society. And it started with a series that I did for a show at the Oceanside Museum of Art in Oceanside, California. And um, the show was titled Now, and it was 20 women. I proposed a show of 20 women talking about now. And at the time, it was 2019. We started doing the work in 2020, and all of a sudden, now became so different from just the regular now uh one of the things that was happening was women's marches and that was so important to me um to talk about that so i created a series of she the power of protest and it was 55 10 inch torsos of all different 
colors and textures. And so I was talking about how we're all different, but yet when we come together, we can create change. And um, so that was the first sheet that I did. And then it they continue to be, I continued using that torso. And so the she just kind of got carried through into my ocean pieces. Okay. So could we describe she wisdom and the thought process that drove its creation? Sure. Um, so I cast a 10 inch torso um, and uh, I glaze it so that the body is smooth with gloss and also um, with opalescence on over an aqua gloss. And on the She Wisdom jellyfish ones, I paint or draw in uh, one jellyfish and then all the other shapes are plastic bags floating in water. Oh and my. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't really know that unless you took time to actually look at it and compare the drawings on them. Um, and then I attach it at the same time that I, I sculpt the base and I sculpt the base by doing a coil method and uh, I make like a rounded shape and then I cut out different shapes so that the bottom is kind of scalloped all around and I just do that because I love the organic shape of that. Then I add texture by putting lace over that smooth surface and taking slip, which is mud or, um, you know, liquid clay. Right. And I brush it over the lace and, several times. You kind of have to let dry just the perfect amount and then pull the lace up and it leaves behind this texture. And I'm not going for lace. I'm just going for an interesting texture. So, and then it gets covered up with layers of um, handmade. Oh, I do cut out holes in it too, because I you see that in the ocean all over the place. And, um, and then I, I make little balls and then hand make all the different coral forms um, that I, that I attach to it. And then that gets fired in a bisque fire. I work with cone five clay. And then the next thing I do is uh, do that glazing process where it's smooth on the body and textured, you know, on the pieces. And I use a lot of different colors where the corals are that gets fired, and then um, then the last firing that I do is opalescent and gold. So I go around and touch different textures and different things to to bring out a feeling of preciousness. Oh my! You know, the first time I saw some of your artwork on um, Instagram, I'm not sure that I understood it. I just went, "Oh, she's just working with the female body." I don't know how I feel about that. But the more I hear you talk, and the more that I see what you're doing, it's it's just really inspiring. How does the muse for each piece come to you? Is it related to things that are personal to you or something that you experienced or something else? So I, I take it all in. The things that I'm thinking about, the things that I watch, that I read, that I see, that informs what I do. But the muse itself is just, magical to me and i have a really great example for that when i was working on the she the power protest work at that time i was completely focused on that work but i kept seeing a female torso that was a shell two-sided shell the front and the back and um 
I just kept seeing it. And I'd wa- I walk on the beach regularly, right? So I, I'm sure that informs some of it. I knew that I had to kind of stop what I was doing, make this piece, and then go back to my work. Because sometimes if you let these things go, they may go off to somebody else. The muse was like, okay, we're going to go over here. So um, so that's that's my experience of the, of the muse. And then once I completed the work and installed it in the museum, I went right to the ocean and started creating both the she shells and um, the the she sea wisdom pieces. Lovely. So I was going to ask you this question. I would say, when you create your pieces, are you consciously thinking about the viewer, or are you driven more by a passion inside you? But before you answer that, um, I don't know how old your son is, but there you are sitting in front of these female torsos, and I just wondered, does it make your son? uncomfortable to see torsos of, of naked women okay so first of all we have we have three grown sons <laughs> okay they're all adults but you know i was um when i when i was a painter i also did a lot of nudes and to me it's the divine feminine and so my sons grew up um knowing that they were goddesses and, uh-huh. uh, you know, so that was their experience. And we even had an experience at when one was in elementary school and we were at the museum and uh, someone was concerned about it. I said, Cameron, come here, take a look. Um, what is it that you see right there? And he turned, he says, oh, it's a goddess. So <laughs> that's lovely because some yeah. little boys, especially when they get into upper elementary and middle school are just sort of giggly. So that's a lovely way to bring yeah. up your, your children. So let's go back to the question. When you create your pieces, are you constantly thinking about the viewer or are you driven more by something inside of you? Definitely inside of me. The only time that I really think about someone else and what they want from my work is if it's someone that is a client or, you know, a collector that um, is having me do a commission. And then I become a conduit. It's like this, I become the thing that they want. You know, I become the, the artist to create what they want. But otherwise, I do not think about the viewer. So, Julia, I regularly ask my guests for a call to action. But I'm going to ask you this question in two parts. First, I'd like to hear what you think is the most important issue facing the ocean and where you are personally trying to make a difference. Um, plastic, plastic trash in the ocean is such a huge thing. And I can make a difference by picking it up every time I see it. And, um, here in Cardiff, we're really fortunate because I'm not the only walker on the beach that carries a plastic bag. In fact, um, you know, there's a group of people that just regularly, almost every day walk the beach and keep the plastic off and boy, does it make a difference and you can see it. Like, you know, after a storm or if people can't get down there, there'll be more that wash in. Um, but when people can get on the beach, it, it's uh, it's taken care of and we're all working together. We, we're not even working together. It's just that everybody's doing it. So that's important to me. And I'd like to ask you to offer advice to the audience on how they can make a difference. Um, pick up plastic. Uh, stop using plastic if you can. And if you, I mean, it's so integral in our lives, plastic, everything, but if you can avoid it and choose other things, one, one is you can get, instead of using plastic straws, 
metal straws are available, bamboo straws are available, and you can, you know, you, some of them even come in a little container so you can carry it around in your purse. So I just, if you have to have a straw, I just refuse straws um, because they're so damaging to um, the creatures in the ocean. And it's just, it's one choice you can make. Very good. Well, thank you, Julia, for what you're doing and uh, working to let people know why and how women are impacted and connected to the ocean. I hope listeners have gained an appreciation for the power of an artist to create moving statements about the ocean. In other words, how a woman can move others through her artwork, her inspired eye, and her passion. I'd like to remind listeners that I've been speaking with Julia C.R. Gray, a California-based artist whose message expresses both the vulnerability and the strength of women and our connection to the ocean. Julia is the latest guest on the Women Mind the Water Artivist Series podcast. The series can be viewed on womenmindthewater.com, Museum on Main Street, and YouTube. An audio-only version of this podcast is available on womenmindthewater.com, on iTunes, and Spotify. Women Mind the Water is grateful to Jane Rice for the use of her song, Women of Water. All rights for the Women Mind the Water name and logo belong to Pam Ferris Olson. This is Pam Ferris Olson.